This is Dating Ourselves, a podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello. Hello. Holy Heinz, Batman, it's episode 57, <laughs> broadcasting live from the <laughs> Fortress of Solitude, because, uh, you know, we're kind of all in self-isolation right now. <laughs> oh, boy. So hopefully at time of air, um, we are no longer in uh, isolation. Uh, hopefully. But... <laughs> Knock on all the wood you got. <laughs> yeah, this is still uh, mid-March for all those uh, playing along at home. <laughs> I was just going to say, I love how you went from Batman to Superman in the same sentence. Well, of course, you yeah. got to get with all the super friends. And that's right. Eat. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, <laughs> Ted Knight was trying to save his golf course. <laughs> so kids google that later it will be funny anyway <laughs> if you missed our last episode it's time to catch up eh, eh? Oh, <laughs> heinz ketchup i'm getting it i'm getting it throwing should... those out there already <laughs> you should really check it out when the gang and i talked about the paul verhoven sci-fi film total recall I paused for give those people air references. I didn't get them. We're moving on. Sorry. I was mid, mid uh, yawn when that happened. We're off to a mid, great start. Yeah, mid silent yodel. <laughs> you know, we've only uh, been off two weeks so far, and I feel like the rails have come off in that time. Yeah. You know, yeah. after day 98, I mean, day six of isolation, it kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, gets to you a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. You can find that and all our past episodes at www.datingourselvespodcast.com on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. Also, before we get too far underway, I'd like to introduce a frequent guest to the show. And based on the email that's been going around, apparently the guy that approved my Dating Ourselves internship hours. Wait, really? <laughs> Wait, how did hey, this I, I'm the director of HR. I didn't uh, know. Yeah, Dan's your new boss. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm the I've Toby been on of the, the show for two years. He's been on like four times. How does this happen? <laughs> God, feels so underappreciated. Well, here's Dan B, and he's from somewhere. I don't even care where. <laughs> wow, someone's living in your head rent free. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, how have you been, Dan? And before you get started on that answer, I I, I want to kind of play a little bit of taboo. The word on the card is coronavirus, which you can't say, and you also can't say any of these related words. COVID-19, global, pandemic, flu, or toilet paper. But, but beyond that, what's You're new? Really, really tying my hands here. Okay. What's, what's I new? Got this. Um since the uh the really bad uh infection that is spreading around, I am without the thing that you use to wipe your bottom with. Uh no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're doing good. Like, I will <laughs> syphilis? What, what ben, are we talking ben, about here? <laughs> are, are you uh have you got to the point where you're using the drawings your kids have made now? Oh, no, speaking of that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Is that why my dad saved those for all those years? <laughs> Just for a time like this? <laughs> he macaroni art does not feel good i'm gonna tell you what <laughs> he was just ahead of his time <laughs> i never knew he was a doomsday prepper it's amazing <laughs> anyway, anyway i'm sorry i'm sorry dan what have you been up to man 
Um, not much other than I will say that I have discovered a new appreciation for being a teacher with the fact is that I can actually give those kids back at the end of the day. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> the circus is in town is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, and they ain't going anywhere. Uh, gotcha. What do you mean? Gotcha. I can, what do you mean? I can't drop them off at the bus. That's not the bus. That's the U-Haul. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have you aboard the SS Nostalgia McBoatface, Dan. And Brian, I, I like this idea of taboo words, but what if we treated it more like the secret word from Pee Wee's Playhouse? Oh, oh I got you. So it only happens once, and when it happens, we all scream real loud. Yay! Yay! I, I like let's, that. Let's see. I'm how going we do. to lose. So all right, bad. all right. <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's get started. This week, I'm going to be leading a discussion on Thai Beanie Babies, which was submitted by several people including Neva S. of Rockville, Maryland, and Amanda G. of Ionia County, Michigan. So, yeah, Beanie Babies. So, quick interlude, (laughs) not that we haven't gone off the rails a thousand times already, (laughs) Uh, but I have to point out that there was an awesome new Android update for you Google phone lovers, and uh, they now have an adaptive keyboard that remembers key phrases that you type often, and I was in a group text, and you know how we often have that you know common joke where it was never ducking? Well, (laughs) it was was nice enough to uh, autocorrect my abbreviation and put the proper word in there. Oh, nice. I I almost wish it would go back to ducking. <laughs> I'm we so all over know this. What you mean. I'm so over this ducking keyboard. <laughs> Especially because it was being sent to your boss, so that was awkward. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that'd have been even worse if it was like your father-in-law. <laughs> I now, do my uh, best. Uh, I do my best proofreading after I push send. <laughs> that always seems to be the case, doesn't it? <laughs> asterisk, word I meant. Asterisk, asterisk, other word I meant. <laughs> boy, boy, this looks perfect. Hit send. Wow, I completely messed that up. It's just full of grammar errors and spelling errors, and uh, I think I just started writing in Arabic at one point. I don't even know how that happened. There's a hieroglyphic <laughs> keyboard on my iPhone. It's amazing. <laughs> um <laughs> So, Adam, I remember you saying something about how you um, struggled to understand why anyone would ever say ducking in any instance. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, like I, I when I first noticed this issue coming up where uh, autocorrect kept changing a certain word to ducking and my, my initial reaction was, I've never heard, like, of a duck being turned into a verb before. Like, that's so weird. Like, why would they keep talking about the animal but turning it into a verb? And then all of a sudden, like, a couple weeks later, it was like, oh, they're not talking. They're talking about ducking under something, not the animal. <laughs> well, what they is might this be ta- waterfowl monarchy? And where do I find him? <laughs> yes, yes, the duck king. <laughs> where, is the, where is the duck king? The All duck, Bobby Four, the duck king. <laughs> you, you could always say though, it's like when you're playing duck, duck, goose, and you're just like ducking them when you tap the oh, head. Yes. <laughs> oh, interesting. So the little like, pat on the head. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. And then when I you get selected, you? you get goosed. Ducking. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Goosing. <laughs> duck, duck, Goosing. Ducking. You have to hit them hard enough to break their neck to get goosed, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. That oh, too boy. Is that how you played it? <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the uh, Top Gun version of Duck, Duck, oh, Goose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we play soon, the, too soon. We play Duck, Duck, Goose Extreme. 
Yeah, Goose had to play volleyball in a sweatshirt. He got picked in Duck Duck Goose. And yep. uh, yeah, it's rough. Yep. It's Danger rough. zone edition. Yeah, but at least he was married to Meg Ryan, and that that's not something everyone gets to do, so. Yeah, and his son is apparently Miles Teller, so, you know, that he's got that going for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll pick next episode's topic at the end of the show. It will be... Nostalgia Yes. Platu Verata Nostalgia Combat. So it'll be me and the Yes, it'll be me and the Nick Classic, Are You Afraid of the Dark versus Paul and the stand up extraordinaire Chris Rock. We'll also visit our old friend the Hopper of Imagination to get another topic for Brian. So Brian, tell us about Beanie Beanie. Beanie Babies were um, a tremendously popular toy line. Um, some might call them a fad in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, I should say. Um, they were invented by a guy named Ty Warner. Not to be confused with Time Warner, no, no relation. Um, <laughs> or with Morris Day and the Time. So, um, but... <laughs> So Ty Warner, he was born in uh, the Chicago suburbs, and he uh, was named after Ty Cobb of the Detroit Tigers. Ooh. His uh, family huh. actually raised him in a Frank Lloyd Wright house uh, in, in the Chicago suburbs. So, I mean, it sounds like they must have been doing pretty well for themselves. Um, his family was kind of messed up. His, his mother was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, um, and then he ended up leaving to study at college. He actually went to Kalamazoo College for one year oh, no and huh. dropped out, became an actor in Los Angeles. During that time, his parents got divorced and then he came back to Chicago. Um, and apparently, like I mentioned, he had a weird family life. So in addition to his mother's, you know, fairly rare mental illness, his dad would be dating new women because, you know, he's newly single and he would try and seduce those women away from his father. So kind of a strange, strange <laughs> man. Hey. Yeah. So my understanding based on some of the documentaries I've watched is it was kind of a broken childhood broken home type environment where he was growing up and he got a lot of comfort from his toys and his father had been a jewelry and toy salesman and so one of his first jobs after being a failed actor in LA for five years was coming back and working for a company called uh, Dakin hmm. which is a toy company Apparently, he was an amazing salesman, um, like uncanny instincts, just really knew how to move the line and get it to stores where it would be the most effective um, and focusing on other products in other stores where they would see, you know, respective 
uh, success and results. Um, he ended up getting fired, though, because he started selling his own toy line to existing customers while trying to sell the deck in line. So uh, a little bit of conflict of interest there. Um, if you fast Just forward to, like, I think it's 2014 or 2017 or something like that, he also was found guilty of tax evasion. So the guy's got some issues, um, considering he is the creator of one of the most beloved 90s toys of all time. He's now currently worth $2.4 billion still, even to this day. Wow. And uh, hmm. almost all of that money was based on the Thai Inc. company that he founded in 1986. A little bit of money is from property that he owns. He, While he was at the height of his game in Beanie Baby Mania, he bought the Four Seasons Hotel in New York. So, <clears throat> yeah. So after he got fired from uh, Dakin, he took a three-year sabbatical in Italy, um, which... As you do, as, yeah, yeah. As one does after they get fired from their job. Yeah, I can totally I mean, relate. It, it, yeah, in '86, in 2020, probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I hear Venice is beautiful okay, right Italy now, so it's not on the band word. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure flights are really cheap. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. As our gondola rides in Venice. So, um, but anyway, um, yeah. So he came back and decided he was going to start Thai Inc. in 1986. And he, um, you know, mortgaged his house, took out a private loan from his dad, spent, you know, money from all whole bunch of other different things. Just basically his whole life savings was going into making this dream happen. And early on, it was not going anywhere. It was a very mediocre uh, company entirely based in Illinois. And even then, you know, most people didn't know what any of these toys were. He was only selling to really small toy shops and stuff like that. So in 1993, he came up with the idea of Beanie Babies. Um, and basically the idea behind Beanie Babies is they are bean bags that are in the shape of animals and they are intentionally understuffed so that way they're more posable so you can have them sit or you know wave or do things like that which makes them a little bit more fun to play with and also a little bit more um, adorable and fun to like hug and stuff like that for kids because like I mentioned before apparently he hugged a lot of toys when he was growing up so um (laughs) I was just thinking about like how they're easily posable. That's a great way to like mess with your little sister that would have beanie babies. Just like change their poses when she's not looking and come back in. Oh, look! Oh yeah, baby. This, this random black cat sitting on her uh, on the edge of her bed <laughs> with its arms crossed. <laughs> We've been expecting you. <laughs> so um, beanie babies were actually not an immediate hit, and part of that was due to the fact that Warner was intentionally selling to smaller retailers so places like mom and pop gift shops and stuff like that um in addition to like hallmark and things he wasn't going after target or walmart or toys r us or anything like that he was really trying to sell at more of these smaller locations um a big part of that was he wanted to have the price set at five dollars and he felt some of these big box retailers were going to try and you know cut the price um, significantly and then force him to cut the price on, on his end. And that just wasn't a, a compromise he was willing to make. Where things really started taking off is his sales managers and things would go out in the field and they would talk with retailers and their prospective clients would start asking about specific Beanie Baby, lack of a better term, models. And they would have to tell them, oh, hey, that, that one's actually been discontinued. And then, they, oh, okay, well, they would lose interest. 
in between meetings, this is almost like um, Tommy Boy and the chicken wing incident, you know, uh, for anyone who's seen that movie, the, the, the light <laughs> yeah. bulb moment. It's like, what if instead of saying discontinued, we say retired? Retired. And so the next sales meeting they had was, uh, oh, what about this one? Oh, well, that one's actually retired. Retired? Really? Limited release? That's interesting. Collectible. Tell me more. From there... It kind of just took off right away. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more in a bit about how they were one of the really big first items being sold online in the dawn of eBay and things like that. But before we get into all of that, what are you, some of you guys' like personal direct memories with Beanie Babies? We'll have time later in the episode to talk about some of the societal impacts of Beanie Babies. <laughs> um, but did you guys collect them at all or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yep. I did. Uh, I did I think, too. I think uh, I think my mom was more into the idea of collecting them, and it just kind of became like our, you know, kind of a thing that we did to to collect. And we really didn't collect a ton of them, I, I would say, but we we had a few. Like anytime we found one in particular that we liked, I think uh, we would get them. And then I know we won a couple, like in competitions and stuff. Like one of them, we were told was going to be like really big. It was. Uh, spooky the ghost uh oh, and they, yeah yeah and, and they were like yeah this one's super rare something like that it's i looked it's not worth much unless you have uh i'm looking at one right now on ebay uh it's spooky the ghost uh but it has to have like an error on the tag i think and that one's eight hundred dollars but i'm pretty wow. sure we just have one that does not have errors and they actually printed the right tag so that sucks <laughs> yeah yeah, because as a kid, we got collecting them. I would have never admitted this before recording this episode, but there was a girl in our third grade class that I had a huge crush on, and for Ooh. show and tell, she brought a Beanie Baby. And at that point, they were kind of unheard of. No one really knew what they were. And her and her family had gone down to like the Amish country down in Indiana, uh, uh, Shipshawana area, had found these toys at, at one of the gift shops. And so in, in like in an attempt to impress her, because now all of a sudden she's starting getting these and some of the other girls in the class are starting getting like, well, I, I got to get in on this. You know, you, it's like uh, like taking a home ec class, you know, that that's your way in. Um, so uh, <laughs> the sinister mind of a nine year old boy, I tell you. But um, yeah, so that's where it started. And as anyone who knows me and has listened to multiple episodes of this podcast, I very quickly was no longer like interested in her, but I was very interested in this hobby and very much had to like, I'm a completionist when it comes to that type of stuff. So I had to get as many as I possibly could. My brother and I were both really into it. And my dad used to take us to like different shops around town. When we would travel on vacation, we would like devote one day just to like Beanie Baby scouting. We would be in like Chicago for a long weekend or something. <laughs> and then like one day we would just go to like Schomburg and go out to like all the malls and stuff out there and just find as many as we could. Uh, we actually went to a swap meet once too. Um, and that was the first time I saw Spooky. And this is back in like 90 seven i want to say and he was in a glass case and they were selling him in 97 for like 250 dollars holy um because he was one of like the original (laughs) lines to get retired or whatever so um at the time he was worth a lot of money but 
Um, we'll talk about it later, but when you retire everything, nothing ends up having value. Yeah. And that's kind of what ends up happening to Beanie Baby. Spoiler alert, we'll take the long way to get there, but just so you see the finish line, <laughs> that's what it's going to look like. So what about you, Paul? Did, did you or your sister collect these? So my sister had quite a few, and I had some that had been gifted to me over the years, but I never really sought them out. By the time I got into the bandwagon is when I found out that um, I remember that it, when Beanie Baby Mania hit and everybody was collecting them, I remember seeing news stories about people being arrested trying to market or uh, take or transport bootleg Beanie oh, Babies. Counterfeit Beanie Babies was a huge that, problem back in the day. Oh, yeah. And at that point, I was like, if these things are valuable enough for someone to counterfeit them, then maybe I want to get into this. But I never really did. I collected a lot of things that never took off. And I feel like these could have actually been an investment. So you're uh, your John Legazamo Super Mario Brother movies playing cards. Those those don't have <laughs> any major value. They do to me. There you go. There you go. That's what's important. That's what's important. So uh, I do. My biggest regret is never cutting one open to see what was inside it. <laughs> I felt like, you know, all the ones I had, you know, since they were early on could have been worth something. But that's uh, to this day. It's like, man, I really just want to see what those stupid pellets inside of it are. <laughs> we're, getting win- we're getting a window into your soul right now, Paul. <laughs> At least I'm honest. <laughs> so, so Dan, you said you didn't collect these at all? Well, uh, no, but uh, so I do remember a, a good buddy of mine, James, he had a little sister that had like a room full of them. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were the most ridiculous things. And I remember her talking about how like specific ones were uh, rare or whatever. And, but then I remember going to like all these different sh- gift shops and stores and whatever and seeing that exact one that she's talking about that's really rare all over the place. Right. And I was just like, what, what, what is the point? You know, but it makes sense now thinking by, from a marketing standpoint, like, oh, you're going to say something is, you know, retired or rare. Mm-hmm. Therefore, everybody wants it. And so, like, I thought it, I thought Beanie Babies, honestly, if we're being honest, was very ridiculous. But this is coming from the same kid in 96 that was flinging around cardboard pogs with sure. a metal disc. So what? who am I to talk? <laughs> or shooting styrofoam arrows out of a Nerf bow and arrow. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, they absolutely were ridiculous, but it was an absolute genius marketing um, decision. And it's crazy because Ty Warner himself, as a guy, is very, very um, hands-on with everything that happens in his company. And this decision was made entirely just by his salesman thinking, well, we keep running into this objection. How are we going to handle it? And Oh, yeah, they're not discontinued. They're retired. Um, and then that's mm-hmm. kind of what really made them as as lucrative and as collectible as they were. It was genius marketing. Um, so I have selected a whole bunch of Beanie Babies, and uh, I'm going to tell you their names, and you're going to guess what they are. Does that sound like Ooh, fun? Some, oh, sounds that sounds like good. fun. Yeah. All right. All right. So so let's start with let's start with some easy ones. Um, how about Allie? Alligator question mark? Oh, I was going to say an alligator. Allie is an alligator, but I like the idea of cat, though. That's fun. Um, Mm. How about uh, Spot? A dog. Is a dog. Yeah. Um, We already talked about Spooky. How about um, Freckles? Um, Hmm. 
Arthur? A Dalmatian? <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, that's a good guess. Uh, Freckles was a leopard. Oh, oh that makes sense. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Freckles. Yeah. Wait, which kind of leopard? The deaf kind. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, you pour some sugar on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. With the one-handed drummer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, ears. Rabbit? Ears was actually a stalk of corn. No, it definitely was a rabbit. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> um, legs? Frog. Legs was a frog. Very good. I, I Gar- only do that just because it was right in front of my computer screen. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. How about... Um, I'll just do a couple more of these because I literally wrote like 80 of them down. So, um, Garcia? Uh... Um, Garcia a, was a one of my Garcia, <laughs> so Garcia was actually one of my all-time favorites um, released in 1995 um, to commemorate the death of Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead oh. it was a tie-dye bear mm-hmm. so nice so very very cool um, it's actually kind of funny because my dad he wears a, a suit to work every single day so growing up I always knew Jerry Garcia as the tie guy. Uh, I didn't realize until I was about 15 that Jerry Garcia was also the lead guitarist for the Grateful Dead. So. <laughs> um, yeah, just a couple more. Um, let's do Manny. Uh, manatee? Um, manatee? It is a manatee. Oh. It is a manatee. Bongo? Monkey? Bongo is a monkey. Jeez. Oh, wow. Paul's good at wow. this. Paul's on a roll. Tabasco. Here's a good one. Bull? Tabasco Snake. is a bull. It's oh, a, it's a tab- red. It's it is a red bull. And then uh, the last one we'll do, unless you I guys are Paul's really cheating. really loving this. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like uh, like kids' cartoons and the stereotypical names that they have for oh, that's uh, fair. the characters. Mm-hmm. And so like when I think bongo, I think of like those wind up monkeys that hit the drums. Oh uh, yeah. yep. Yep. That's if we're doing like a picture association, that's why my brain's going. Like the monkey from uh, Toy Story 3, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that was uh, watching the computer monitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, like, if you were to say Wally, I would guess Walrus, even though I have no idea if that's actually one. (laughs) No, it's actually Tusk the Walrus, but good, good try. And there's, there's another Walrus too named Jolly. I only know this because I did a ton of research last night, and it's still fresh <laughs> in my mind. I promise. <laughs> What's really funny, though, is there was a Bongo the monkey, and then there was a Congo the gorilla, and that came out literally the same year that Congo the movie oh. came out about the, uh, the gorillas. Yeah, which um, is a, a pretty horror, like horror style. Film. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It's 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 definitely a weird one to have like as a child's toy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, a cute then again, a cute stuffed animal thing. Right, right. Yeah. But then Th- again, having stop ro- eating my sesame cake. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, having a. Uh, Having RoboCop as a Saturday morning uh, Marvel Action Universe <laughs> yeah, cartoon no was yeah. also kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> or Starship Troopers, the cartoon. <laughs> also a good one. <laughs> so uh, the last one we'll do, because like I said, I wrote out like three pages of these. Um, Peanut. Uh, squirrel? Mm, squirrel. Peanut is an elephant. Good job, oh. Paul. And Peanut is actually the... So there's two different... Peanuts. I want to make sure I enunciate that correctly. <laughs> There's two different ones. Um, one 
the very first one they made was this royal blue color. They made like 10,000 of them and then they changed over to like a baby blue. So if you have one of the royal blue ones, um, before people knew this was collectible and like people would like junk up the tags and stuff like that, I, I think they had one in auction at one point go for over a million dollars. Oh my God. So wow. that is the most collectible. Uh, the Princess Diana one uh, called Princess, uh, commemorative after her death, is also up there very often. I mean, you can find them in stores nowadays, like reissues of them for like 10, 15 bucks. But you can find some of the original ones online anywhere from 100000 to like $400,000. It's crazy. Um, Boy, my, uh, my, my Pog uh, collection seeming real silly right about now. <laughs> well... <laughs> My uh, my brother and I, we had both had like gunny sacks, like each full of Beanie Babies, which is the stupidest way to store them because um, <laughs> it would screw up the tags. And because we didn't want one of us stealing from the other, we used to put our initials on the tag. Like the, they call them the tush tag, the one that's on their butt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're all worthless. They're all absolutely worthless. You say that like you still have them. They probably are in my dad's <laughs> attic. I'm not going to lie to you. I bet you they would be. I've not seen them in 15 years, but I bet they're still there. Bust them um, out and take them on Antiques Roadshow. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there were some rare ones, and then we just like gunked them up by writing on the uh, writing on the butt tags. But um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, kind of getting back onto the uh, the dusty trail. Beanie Babies started becoming really, really popular when this whole idea of retired happened. You have these different issues and uh, release dates of different Beanie Babies. All the different Beanie Babies had their own birth dates. They would all have these little four-line poems that were written on their tag that were hanging from their ear. And they were all made with like this kind of flimsy cardboard. So um, they were really easy to fall apart and stuff like that. So when you have them in really great condition even to this day they're still worth an okay amount of money um there was a point in history that people were literally quitting their jobs to collect beanie babies because they saw how much money that could potentially be made and then the the bubble burst but um but that's a whole nother thing we'll get to <laughs> momentarily <laughs> um, if you google it you can still find video online of a divorce proceeding oh where sure they were splitting up the couple was splitting up their beanie babies in front of the judge oh my wow. they Lord. literally like you can you can watch the whole thing on youtube it was on court tv probably dateline with you know the way things go but uh -huh. literally this couple was like <laughs> it was like it was like a custody hearing and they were splitting up the beanie babies <laughs> isn't that insane that's just insane i don't know that's crazy to me um so these were still kind of a regional thing though in like 1995 or so um it wasn't until late 95 early 96 that one of um Warner's young employees, like a college student, suggested, hey, there's a lot of people in my classes that are using this thing called the internet. And she brought a modem into um, into work one day to show Warner how this would work. And he's like, all right, I don't know what this is, but I trust you. You're going to make the website and I trust you to maintain it and everything like that. And, um, and we'll go from there. And at that time, about 1% of Americans were using the internet. You, you fast, got mail. Exactly. <laughs> you fast You fast forward a year from there, you started getting um, American online CDs in the mail. You fast forward another year from that, you started getting 
eBay and PayPal and Yahoo and all these other things that now we kind of take for granted as being fossils at the time didn't even exist. And they just happened to position themselves in just such a way that when they did, they already had everything set up. The first items that really went absolutely crazy on eBay, you know, other than like drugs. <laughs> I'm selling you an envelope. I was going to say I was, was going to say $1000. Yeah, that too. A $1000 envelope. What could be in it? Um so but yeah, so they really that was a huge thing for them as well. That really drew attention not only to how cute and fun they were, but also how huge the secondary market was for these things. And as I mentioned, um, that's when people really started getting into them. Kids liked Beanie Babies, but adults loved them because they uh-huh. saw this as like the California gold rush, basically. I can quit my job. I can buy $1,000 of Beanie Babies, and I'll just sit around, and in you know two years, they'll be worth a million dollars. Like, And that's, that's, that's a hell of an investment right there. Um, it never really worked out that way. Some people did make a lot of money off Beanie Babies, but... It's just like the dot-com boom, you know? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. had to sell at just the right time in order to make any money. Otherwise, well, yeah, you it's have just a bunch like, of worthless stuff. Yeah, it's just like, you know, playing the stock market. You got to buy them when they're, you know, first out and sell them when you need to know when to sell them. If you sell them at the wrong time, you're not going to make much money off of them. That's right. A wise man once told me, you got to know when to hold them. And no one to fold them. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I, I heard the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. So uh, go three ahead. comments that yeah. I'm going to interject. First one, going back to the AOL CDs. Does anyone else have any scars from throwing aw- or throwing around the free CDs like Frisbees? Oh, my or, God, yes. I don't have any scars, but no, I do remember doing I, that. We definitely I, have dings in our old basement walls, though. <laughs> <laughs> So for our li- younger listeners that have no idea what this phenomenon was, when the internet first started to become a thing and America Online was on its rise to power, they would give away CDs or floppy disks, depending on, you know, which era it was, um, that contained like 30 hours of online time. Because kids, we used our phone line for internet and we had to pay for those minutes. Oh, be- so- before you go on, we also used to have phone cards that you would buy from the gas station so like sometimes for christmas or your birthday or something like that especially like when you're in college and you have no money your mom might buy you a gas station gift card to like mobile or speedway or something like that you used to buy cards with minutes on them and you would use that basically like a gift certificate for your phone mm-hmm does anyone so that, that you could that, make a call yeah. from a public phone <laughs> that other people were waiting to use. <laughs> right, right. And you didn't have to spend the money to use it because you prepaid the card. And it was affixed card. at a wall in front of a really shady gas station that you had to walk to so that your mom wouldn't hear your conversation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the good old days. Anyway, AOL, AOL. Let's anyway, go. back, back to, to AOL. AOL. So... So AOL would send you these CDs free in the mail. Think of the think of the junk mail that you get now that's all flyers. It would be AOL CDs or floppy disks. You would walk to the mall and there would be kiosks and it would just say, hey, take a CD. And it literally would just be 
a kiosk with a line of CDs and you picked up your Juno or your Free Talk Live or your AOL and you just took the CD. Well, when we were bored, because keep in mind that internet was difficult to use then and there wasn't much to do there except read, which sounds really crazy. Or, yeah. or uh, YouTube did or, not exist until after we graduated high or, school. Or just, down, just putting that out there. Or you're going to download a picture and it finally gets halfway done and then a phone call comes through and you scream oh, and throw that your is computer. the computer. <laughs> yep, yep. So as juvenile delinquents, we would take these CDs and we would throw them around like frisbees and make or them at shatter. each other. <laughs> yes. And you would be wa- you could literally walk down the street near a mall or a Best Buy or Circuit City and you would see like broken CDs everywhere. Oh, yeah. It was all it was all kids like me that were bored and they stopped in and they picked up their one or two CDs before the salesman yelled at them. And then you went out in the parking lot and you smashed it or you threw it. That's what you did. <laughs> right, right. So funny. Yeah, we had all sorts of like marks and like scratches and stuff like that down in our basement if it would have been in the computer room we would have died but in the basement you could usually get away with it like a month or two would go by before someone would notice like what the hell happened here if it was in the computer room upstairs where the family computer was that's a thing that probably doesn't exist anymore is the family computer um oh we would have been dragged out in the yard and like (laughs) flailed (laughs) but uh i I tell all of this to bring up that i have a permanent scar above my left eye that is from taking a aol cd to the face (laughs) oh man no kidding Wow. I, I think I've got I've got kind of the same scar uh, above my right knee because I was wearing shorts when this happened and it's like put a nice little cut right above my knee. So now I've it got It wasn't this. me, was it? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> are, are you sure my cut your cut's not from me either? <laughs> I'm not positive, no, I do not recall. But throwing for the knee sounds like something I would have done. <laughs> I don't want to kill the man. I don't want to bleed him out. <laughs> I, al- I also remember, like, and I, I think you might have been a part of this, too, where we would take the foam pool noodles and cut them in half at the mall and start, like, beating each other with them, along with the uh, AOL CDs and everything else. So, yes, <laughs> I, I may have instigated such uh, such combat. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of crazy scars, um when I was in high school, I used to work at a big box pet retailer store. And uh, when we would get items back um, through exchange, we would have to damage them out because what would happen is people might find these items in the dumpster and then claim them as their own and return them without a receipt. So you'd really have to like just destroy these things. And so my first or second week there, someone had returned like a bird cage or something like that. And I was given this hammer, like a mallet, and I just destroyed it. Like, and I'm really swinging at it and going at it. And so in my mind, that is the amount of force you need to use to destroy anything. So about a month or two later, we get a hamster ball that's returned. I'm asked to do the same thing. You know, it's like a clear pink hamster ball. And I wind up just like I did with that bird cage, and the hammer went straight through to the concrete, and a big hunk of pink translucent plastic was sticking out between my thumb and index finger, and it had been lodged into my hand about three quarters of an inch. Um, I still have that scar. It's 
it's really cool looking. And then when you tell people what it's from, it's like, oh, did you like wrestle an alligator? Or like, you know, no, nah, man, I broke a gerbil ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> but yeah, so Beanie Babies, as I mentioned before, they were typically sold at smaller mom and pop places. The biggest company that was selling them at the time was Hallmark. Um, and eventually places like uh, Hudson's and Nordstrom and stuff started carrying them in like their uh, home decor section and things like that. Um, until I want to say it was 97 or 98, McDonald's decided that would be an amazing uh, partnership was to sell little beanie babies with every kid's meal. Um, and they'd be $1.99 extra. Teeny beanies. And teeny beanies. <laughs> and a lot of them were very similar to uh, some of the larger beanie babies. And I think there was probably like 20 of them or something like that. I can't believe that's what they were called. I thought you were going to make a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> and itsy no. bitsy, teeny beanie. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, exactly what I was going to say, too. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, the thing was, is people would spend hundreds of dollars at McDonald's on kids meals and then would tell the employees to keep the food because all they wanted was the toys. It caused um, like fights and stuff too. Like they were the oh, first, yeah. they were like the, they were the the spicy Popeye's chicken before that ever became a thing. Oh, big time, big time. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be brawls. And I I want to say this was they came out around the same time that the Shamrock Shake was in season oh, yeah. and everything too. So I mean, it was uh it was pandemonium. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, they've actually interviewed employees that worked at McDonald's back in that era, like as recently as like 2012, 2013, and they will talk about the teeny beanie days. Like (laughs) it's like a dark blemish on, on McDonald's history, you know, um, a time that people bond over. There was a couple guys in West Virginia, kind of going back to something that Paul was saying earlier and a guy shot another guy over, he lent him beanie babies and then if he were able to sell them, they were going to split the profits. Well, he, quote unquote, lost the Beanie Babies and didn't know where they were. So whether he actually lost them or he sold them and kept all the proceeds, you know, Cletus was not happy with that and shot the other guy in the back. So uh, <laughs> his cousin brother in the back. So um, <laughs> when your family tree turns into a family wreath, you might be a redneck. Uh yeah, so Beanie Babies, um, at that point, they decided in late 1999 they were going to retire all of the Beanie Babies. And, you know, at this point, they had started getting a little less popular because, you know, things had gotten so crazy. There were lines out the door at all these stores every single weekend. And um, they thought that would kind of revitalize the market and get people interested again. Like, oh, my God, if they're all going to be discontinued, we have to get them all. And it didn't work. Um, nobody cared, and that's basically when the line died. Um, it still exists today. They still make Beanie Babies, and they still sell them at that $5 mark they used to back in 1993. But um, as far as collectibles go, you have to have very specific ones, and very often, um, like Adam was saying earlier, there has to be some type of defect, whether it's a typo on the tag, or it's like it's stitched wrong, or it's the wrong color. Um, there's a couple where they put the wrong tag, like for a for a different toy on a model. Um, you know, those types of things make them pretty collectible. Um, 
anything beyond that, they're all worth about five bucks. Uh, what other things do you guys remember in terms of just like crazy societal things going on with Beanie Babies? I know we talked a little bit about the divorce. We talked about this West Virginia homicide. Um, I remember there was a brief fad where people did tricks with them. Really? I don't remember like that either. at all. So it was like literally like toward the end before the bubble burst, people would like juggle them or uh, pull the rabbit out of the hat or it was <laughs> very briefly like a thing. And that made me not want them more. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I'm imagining someone doing the goat and then they have a goat beanie baby. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, not the goat. <laughs> I was thinking or more the along wing. to juvenile. <laughs> no radar what are you doing there <laughs> i was thinking more of the juvenile uh tricks like going i used to go to meyer and oh they were gonna say back in that ass up like that's not really a trick <laughs> <laughs> well it could be well, along those lines i'd go to meyer and we would put the the beanie babies uh in compromising positions oh <laughs> Oh Ooh. my! <laughs> what what is that was bongo? I did that with everything. <laughs> That's fair. He's playing his bongos. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't just Beanie Babies though. Yeah, that was like all stuffed animals. But I do remember distinctly doing it with the Beanie Babies as well. <laughs> <laughs> Man, salt shake like the snowman salt shakers at Christmas. I was all over that. Um... <laughs> So, uh, so my dad is an attorney, and uh, one of my old friends that I used to run cross country with said, "Hey, your dad's a lawyer, right?" He's like, "Yeah, why? Do you mind if I call him?" Like, sure, why? Like, I, I, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'd rather not talk about. It. Like, oh, I figured like maybe he's got like a minor in possession of alcohol or you know something like that. Um, turns out that he and a couple of his friends were out around the holidays, and they. <laughs> <laughs> they mounted two uh, uh, Christmas ornament reindeers in someone's front yard, and they came out of the house and asked them what the hell they were doing, and then sued them for trespassing and oh, uh, you know making their reindeer mount one another. And I didn't know that until my dad came. I was like, "Yeah, do you know this guy named so and so?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do." Did he call you? Like, yeah. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> so I, I have, I have, so I have never done this, but one of my favorite pranks of all time is when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, uh, someone stole our light up Santa Claus from our Christmas display in our front yard. Uh huh. And they left behind a ransom note and a picture of them wearing, they were wearing a mask and they were holding a knife to Santa Claus and said, you know, we demand like 25 boxes of candy canes and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I thought it was hilarious. My parents were completely pissed about it. <laughs> well, cr Christmas Day, 
like not Christmas, uh, not Christmas Eve, but Christmas morning, a panel van drives through the neighborhood and at each house, <laughs> they slide the door open and they throw whatever they stole out of their yard back into the yard. <laughs> and bravo, whoever you were, because I'm sure I knew them because oh, it was sure. kids being stupid. So I'm sure it was some of my friends. But to this day, I have never figured it out. Whoever you were, bravo. It was a beautiful prank. <laughs> and I have never seen my parents so upset about a $25 item. <laughs> that is so amazing. That is so amazing. Um, so real quick, just to wrap up, um, back in November of last year, 2019, uh, Cosmopolitan Magazine, the, the reputable academic journal, um, yes. <laughs> released an article of 30 crazy online Beanie Baby sales they found on eBay. So just to go through a handful of these, um, we'll just go through 10 of them because we don't need to go through all 30. Um, <laughs> but... So Spangle, which is the uh, red, white, and blue bear, sold for $4,000. Wow. Um, Pincher the Lobster, who's one of the nine OG Beanie Babies, um, he sold for thirty-five grand. Wow. Um, Twigs the Giraffe apparently sold for forty-five grand. Curly the Bear had an incorrect tush tag. He also sold for forty-five grand. Rainbow the Chameleon sold for $49,999.95 plus tax and processing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, Steg the Stegosaurus sold for 50 grand. Peace the Bear, so I think it was like a teal or a mint colored bear with a little peace sign because everyone loved freaking peace signs in the 90s, Um, (laughs) was was $60,000. Jolly the Walrus went for 75K. Uh, Blackie the Bear went for $187,000. And then uh, the Princess Bear, one of the original first issue with, you know, mint condition, sold for $665,000 on eBay. And then we mentioned the, the... Royal Blue Peanut the Elephant uh, had ended up selling for a million dollars at, but that wasn't on eBay. That was at like no, a like a Sotheby's um, like the, estate auction. The one that you were talking about, the Princess Bear, that was the one that was made in uh, memory of Princess Diana. Correct. That was yes. Why that one yep. sold for so much? Okay. Yep, and so they made a very small amount uh, for the initial release, and then they released a whole bunch of them later. I don't know exactly if it's the specific color or if it's the specific way they did the emblem because it's like a, a white rose. Um, it was yeah, as, it was their family like crest the, or whatever. Yeah, on it. it's like the little emblem. A lot of the bears would have little emblems on their chests, and so that was the one that they had was for her family crest, and. Uh, if you can find one of those original ones, that's that's Boca Bucks right yeah, there. Yeah, no kidding. So that that'll be one of those where it shows up in some like estate sale, some old you know some old person's house or something like that <laughs> yeah. at a garage sale. You buy it for like a buck and then find out that it's worth seven hundred thousand dollars. Yep, yep, antique roadshow style. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm retiring. <laughs> 
<laughs> Gather around, children. When I was your age, there was Beanie Babies and toilet paper as far as the eye could see. <laughs> we had so much toilet paper, we would throw it at the trees of our enemies. Oh my gosh. And then go home and play with our Beanie Babies. There was a, uh, a friend's house I stayed the night at. There was like five of us over there. And there was this girl down the street that he always used to make fun of, but it's definitely because he had a crush on her. We decided in the middle of the night, we were going to go over there and teepee the house. You know, it's like five or six doors down from where he lived. So it was pretty easy to do and pretty easy to make our sneak back. And we thought we were so clever. No one was ever going to find out. Eight o'clock the next morning, his mom gets a call from the neighbor saying, I think uh, your boys were over here and, uh, and teepeed our house. And my friend was like, well, how do they know? How do they know it was us? There's no way they can like link that back to us. Well, we thought it'd be really suspicious to walk through the street in the middle of the night as a bunch of like 14 year olds. So we walked through the backyards, which were covered in snow. And oh. there are tracks literally leading from oh their God. back door <laughs> to the neighbor's house all the way back to that same back door. Yeah, we we thought we were so smart. <laughs> great, great job, James. Bond. Allegedly, allegedly, we thought we were so smart. <laughs> this may have never happened. So, <laughs> anyway, Beanie Babies they uh, came and went in '99. Um, in 2000, they started remanufacturing them, and no one gave a shit. Basically, this is the end of the story. They continue to make them, and they make thousands of different varieties now, and none of them are collectible, but. Um, Ty Warner's still a billionaire. He's still doing pretty well for himself. So, you know. So I guess that wraps up our discussion on Beanie Babies. Now we are moving on to Nostalgia Nostalgic Yes, I have devised a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is closest will get to lead their chat next week. Paul has Chris Rock, and Adam has Are You Afraid of the Dark? And Dan, feel free to join in, too, with your best guess. Are you all awesome. three ready? Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Cool. cool. All right. So the intern's not quite sure yet. Um, <laughs> HR manager, this is your part to step in. Um, We're going to have to have a talk after the show. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> an improvement <Toby>! plan <laughs> so batty plan, the bat so, so so batty the bat was also included in cosmos expensive beanie baby ebay postings while not commanding the six hundred thousand dollar plus price of princess the bear but above the four thousand dollar price of spangle um this particular batty the bat had a manufacturer defect that drove its price up from the standard five dollars to an astronomical height. How much did this particular Batty the Bat sell for? I, it's between say, four grand and six hundred grand. So I'm gonna say I'm going to say fifty thousand dollars. Okay. I'm gonna say four seventy five. Four hundred and seventy five thousand. Oh, Okay, Adam says four seventy five. You, you Dan, said it you was, had a guess. You said it. Well, you said it was higher than four hundred grand. No, f- higher, than 4, higher than higher than four oh, grand. So, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so higher than the lowest one we discussed at four grand, lower than the highest one we discussed at six hundred k plus. 
I will say 100,000. So, Dan, you were actually closest. Um, <laughs> what would you like to talk about next week? <laughs> Remember, so, there are the taboo words in play. Oh, crap. <laughs> so, um, the next closest would be Paul. You are the next closest. Uh, Batty the Bat sold for $139,999.99. Wow. Wow. As I mentioned, this would have been the um, the tiebreaker. As I mentioned, the reason the price was so high was from a specific manufactured defect. What do you suppose that defect was? The wings weren't even. Uh, Adam? I'm going to guess that the um, the tag was wrong, the, the, the tush tag. Dan? I was going to say that the, something was wrong with the tie tag, like somehow it was spelt incorrectly or whatever, like it instead of tie was like... Right? It's backwards, right? Right, yeah. So, Paul was closest on this one. Um, they actually had an extra foot sewn onto the toy. Huh. So, so... How do you miss that manufacturing? <laughs> so it had I don't three know. Feet? Oh, I remembered what I was going to say earlier. We answered our question. It's not thank you, Beanie Babies. It's Ty for Ty Warner, because we didn't know what the T-Y said. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That's and a he, back to our previous episode. And he is named after Ty Cobb. So, yep. Oh. So, really, they're actually Detroit Tiger Beanie Babies, in case uh, yeah. you didn't know. So. From a guy born in Chicago. That's right. <laughs> With a he, better baseball team. Yeah. Well, he went to school in Kalamazoo. He's 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 brethren, you know? <laughs> Do we Ish. count Kalamazoo? We count Kalamazoo. Okay, I mean State Theater, but what else? Yeah, I mean Dan lives in that. Dan <laughs> well, lives in that metro what, what, area, so we got Western Michigan University. Western yeah, Michigan, uh, I guess it's not there anymore. I don't think, but the Craft Brow Brewery, where I spent most of my twenties going to concerts. <laughs> when you said it's not there anymore, I was thinking of another certain establishment. Oh, no, 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 not that. <laughs> Not that where we went after the concerts. Yes. <laughs> yes. This blooper reel is going to be fun. <laughs> well, there you have it. I am your wiener. <laughs> I will be guiding us through the land of Chris Rock next time. Adam the Loser Aww. still has Are You Afraid of the Dark? And the intern. Uh, now we need to visit the. And the intern. It's <laughs> a great movie. Now. <laughs> it is a good movie now we need to visit the hopper of imagination to give brian a new topic uh we want to remind all of our listeners that if there's a topic you'd like to hear us discuss you can submit those at our website dating ourselves podcast.com Brian, so, all right, uh, I have three topics in the uh, mix here for you. Uh, the first topic is movie. The second is uh, music group. And the third is video game uh, or video game series. So out of those oh. three, which would you like to pick? Interesting. I feel like we've done 
several movies. I think that's the topic we've done the most of. Um, I think you, I think you should go with video game series. I'm kind of torn between video game series and then music because we haven't done a whole lot of music, and I'm trying to remember the last time I actually did a music artist. I, I feel like it's Foo Fighters. I did the Foo was Fighters. it that long ago? I think the last time I did a no, music Modest Mouse. I think, you guys did Modest Mouse. Yeah, we did Modest Mouse, but I think the last time I did a musician uh, was Weird Al. I think you're right. Wow. And we were wow. still like in our episode three four. <laughs> no, it was definitely early on, though. It was still our three-topic um, format. And then before that, I think it was The Darkness. I don't think I've done any others. I'm going to do Music Artist. Oh, all right. So you have picked the hip-hop group TLC. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, very, very fun. Hopefully they will let me talk about them because they don't like no scrubs. So we will see what happens. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and that kind of ties back into Weird Al. That, that's right, <laughs> making some phony calls. I love it. Um, well, awesome, um, Dan. Thanks again for joining us on the show this week. It's always a, a blast having you. Um, it's it's really nice to have Adam's boss come visit and make sure that he stays in line. Um, and I, you know, got to make sure that uh, he's worth the money. Dan, so. Dan yeah. you're that's the right. HR director, right? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have sure, to. We'll go with that. I'm gonna have to file a formal complaint against you for getting a job, even <laughs> though I'm still an intern. I've been working at this job for two years now, and I haven't gotten promoted. I don't know how this keeps well, happening. We'll have to. We'll, we'll we'll put we'll put it through the process. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's the circular bin. But um, be sure to come back in two weeks, guys, when we're gonna be talking about. Chris Rock with Paul and then future episodes where I will be discussing TLC and Adam will be discussing the Nickelodeon classic Are You Afraid of the Dark? Thanks again for joining us on Dating Ourselves. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show. And you can check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast.aol.com. We've got mail. Yeah, we do. In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Please be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the throwback shit. Boom. Oh, yeah. We post additional content on Facebook at facebook.com slash datingourselvespodcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at datingourselvespodcast, and we do the Twitter thing, too, at datedpodcast. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dating. See you guys. Later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.